Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of My Time, My Life with Trinette Fink. My special guest today is Lynn Montanagro. Wait. <laughs> close. That was close. You added a letter, but it was close. Montagano. Yes. Okay. Lynn Montagano. <laughs> and she even spelled it for me phonetically. It's still, all good. still got it wrong. Okay. Lynn is a contemporary romance author, podcaster, and unapologetic football fan. Her latest release, The Keeper, is the first book in her new Royals and Legends series. The Keeper is a spicy sports romance with a twist. When Lynn isn't writing or recording her weekly podcast, you can find her cheering loudly for her beloved New England Patriots. She lives in the suburbs of Boston, way outside of Boston. Not that far, but according to her, way outside, with her husband and three rescue cats. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Trinette. How are you? <laughs> Good. It's so lovely to see your face in real virtual life. I know. After all these years. Right. Lynn and I went to college together. Um, we won't give away the year that we graduated, but uh, it wasn't yesterday, but it wasn't that, last that. week. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was last week. Last yeah. week, last week. So it's so good to see you. You so too. To this you. is so fun. <laughs> um, so tell us, Lynn, how long have you been a writer and where do you find the inspiration for your books? Well, I've been a writer for as long as I've been alive. Like even when I started when I was really young, I used to write mm -hmm. all the time in school. Um, for college, I, I went because I wanted to write sitcoms for television. Like that was my ultimate, ah. ultimate goal. I wanted to, I just, that's all I wanted to do. So um, I took a lot of TV writing courses. I ended up, when I got out of college, I ended up working in the news. I was a TV news writer slash producer slash web producer. So I've been writing forever. Um, mm. I didn't think about writing a book until ooh, probably 2007, 2008. Okay. I had taken a trip to Scotland with a friend of mine. We mm -hmm. were at a soccer game, which I'd never been to a, a British soccer game before. And I just had the time of my life. And I was like, this is so much fun. This atmosphere is so great. This would make a great scene in a book. Yeah. And then from there, I was like, oh, all right. I might as well write because I read a lot. So everybody else is doing it. Why can't I? <laughs> and do it. You are. Why don't yeah. you tell us a bit about The Keeper, your latest book? The Keeper, um, as you said, it's the first book in my new series, Royals and Legends. It's the series itself is a um, it's an interconnected series of six books. So each okay. couple will get their own duet. So the first two okay. books are about Xavier and Victoria. Mm -hmm. Xavier is an English soccer player. He's the goalkeeper for his team, Royal City Athletic. Victoria is an American. She is the media relations director for the New York Legends. Okay. And the premise of The Keeper, it's not your typical sports romance. Yes, there are sports in it. Yes, you will see Xavier play soccer. But um, the, the main premise of the story is Victoria has to go to England to deal with a piece of neglected property that's in her okay. family mm -hmm. that's been sitting there for almost 20 years. A tragedy happened to her family when she was a teenager. Her twin mm -hmm. sister died. So their family kind of spiraled from that. This property was left alone. So she has to go over there to deal with it. They're trying to sell it. She wants to keep it. It's a whole big thing. Mm -hmm. While she's there, she meets Xavier, decides to have a one night stand with him because why not? She's there. Not? She, needs to, she needs to distract herself. He's hot. I mean, why not? <laughs> but as things are with everything, nothing is that simple. 
So their relationship kind of starts from there and it dredges up a lot of past trauma for her and then dredges up a lot of past trauma for him. He's dealing with stuff too from his childhood and his teenage years. So the first book is basically the two of them trying to work things out, trying to work through a lot of things and come together. And then um, the second book, The Penalty, is the conclusion of their story. So Ooh, The Keeper that's the doesn't- That's the one that's coming out next- It's coming Mar- out in March. March. Yeah, okay. March 25th. So The Keeper, it does not end in a cliffhanger. People are always like, oh my God, is there a cliffhanger? No, there's no cliffhanger. There are unresolved things. Things don't get tied up nicely. Right. But they will be tied up nicely. Kind of like life, right? So that's basically the premise for The Keeper. It's a lot more emotional. It's a lot more, um, there's a lot of things in there that may be triggering for some people, some of the stuff, anxiety, depression, like that kind of stuff. But it is a romance. So there's a lot of they they have they they have a lot of sex that's all i'll say they, well there you go <laughs> there you there go, you go. <laughs> yeah. that would solve some of the depression i think it kind of does <laughs> for a for a minute you know <laughs> for a minute oh that's so cool i can't wait to read it okay. um how well i guess you just answered my next question how did you manifest it you were just in scotland and you had this like brilliant idea and you had no idea that that trip would result in you writing a book No, I was just there and I said, oh, this is a fun thing. And then I read a lot. I've been an avid reader since I could read. Um, I'm not going to call out the books that inspired me to write because I was inspired to write for reasons that the authors may not appreciate. It was kind of like, well, (laughs) it's kind of like, well, if you can write that, I can write something. So it was kind of like I challenged myself to do it. So and when I put my mind to something, when I decide I'm going to do something, I just I just do it. I don't. I don't sit and like dwell on the, oh my God, I can't be doing this. I'm never going to make it. Like I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not talented. I know I'm good enough to write. I've been writing forever. So I just did it. Yeah. 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 You know, I think I told you before we joined that I'm in the middle of adapting my um, last novel manuscript into screenplay. Mm -hmm. And that story, I was inspired by a trip to Ireland. Um, Yeah. I wasn't at a soccer game or anything like that, but (laughs) I was just there and I totally fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my God, like this would be like a great setting for a story. So I totally I mean, get the that. United Kingdom is beautiful. Ireland, Scotland, England, Wales, the whole area. Just it's rich with like inspiration for all kinds of stories. I know. Really Let's is. Go right now. I know. <laughs> I'll meet you at Logan. <laughs> <laughs> um, where did you find the confidence to actually do it? You know, so many people say they're going to write something or they start and they, they stop. But I'm sure you learned or figured out as soon as you, as you got into the process that, okay, I had this idea and I had this character in mind, but holy shit, like I got to really like make them multidimensional and create this whole scene and all the people in their lives and everything that comes with building a story. Um, how did you like actually do that? The short answer is I just did it. Um, the longer answer is I'm very visual and it's probably from going to school to write for TV. Yeah. Yeah. So I will see the book in my head or a Mm -hmm. specific scene in my head. And then I'll just sit and I'll write, like, I'll write it out as I see it. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I flesh out what the characters are doing, what they're saying, how they're reacting, all this other stuff. It's my process is not. Like, I will sit and talk to other writers about this, and I just think my process will drive somebody else crazy because everything yeah. is literally in my head. I don't plot anything out. I don't outline anything. 
Yeah. I'm total fly by the seat of my pants. There's a technical term. It's called pantser. I think, you know, if you're a writer, you've heard that. So, I mean, yeah, I, I keep a little side document with things that I've written or that I'm changing or that I want to flesh out more, but I just, I just write it. It's, I would, yeah. I've been like that my entire life. It's like, it's just verbal. Di- I don't want to call it diarrhea because it's not crap, but it's like, it just comes out. You know what I mean? Like, I know, it's, I know. it just flows. So I just I'm do much it. In the same way, mm-hmm. when I'm writing, um, I have tried relentlessly to write by outline. Oh, no. <laughs> and I, I start writing and like, I'm not even 10 minutes in and all of a sudden, you know, the character is doing something completely different. And I'm like, what is, what's happening here? Like, I literally just spent hours like sketching this whole thing out, seeing it. But the moment I start writing, there's something about what is in your head and what comes out of your, your fingers that can be completely different than what you thought was going to happen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there were times, my first book, my very, my debut novel, I outlined it and I tried to stick to it and I was having such a hard time with it. Because the characters, my characters in that book, their names were Leah and Alistair. And they they would sit there and they'd be like, no, we're not going to do that. No, you can't make us do that. And I would get so frustrated. And then I sat there one day and I was like, okay, what do you two want to do? And then the book just came out of me. Like, it was crazy. And I I prefer that. I prefer an organic development of the story, Mm -hmm. of the characters. I mean, obviously, I know their backstories. I created them. But it's... It's so frustrating when you're reading something and you can tell, you can feel that it's being contrived. You can feel that this is happening, so this can happen, so this can happen. Yeah. I like it when it just kind of comes out and it flows. And it still makes sense. Like, I'm not saying that if you were to read my book, you'd sit there and go, this girl's a nut, nothing is making, like, it all makes sense. But it's just in the way that it's developing. It's, I don't, I don't like feeling too, too structured. Maybe it's because I'm a Sagittarius. I don't know. Well, I'm a Libra and I'm the same way. Um, I'm in a uh, screenwriting course and I'd written for for my novel thing. Um, I'd written the first act of this screenplay, like a few versions of it, but more or less it was the same story. And uh, my instructor, this was a few weeks ago now, he, he read it, you know, and he liked it, whatever. He's like, oh, it's well written and blah, blah, blah. He goes, but tell me what you really want to write because I feel like there's like competing storylines in here. So I told him and I said, well, I'm only kind of writing it this way based on some feedback I got before. So I was like trying to really highlight this one story and blah, blah. And he's like, well, I would suggest you like write what you want to write. And I sat down and I made a brief outline and then I started to write. And just like you, like just not even like overthinking it. I just, I wrote like 30 pages in two days. Um, and a friend of mine in the class, he read it and he sent me this email. He's like, this is so much better than what you were in before. He goes, what you wrote before was fine. He goes, but this is just like way, way better. And it's exactly to your point. Like, it was like, I got out of my own way trying to, you know, keep it in this, this box. And I really just let it flow. Like I had no idea what was going to come out of my mouth or what my characters are going to do, but like, right as they were saying it. Um, it was just like all making sense. I was like, oh, and then I would get to the end of a scene and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I told Avery, that's my dog. I was like, Stinky, this is pretty damn good, you know? So yeah, I guess we have very similar processes because I would drive a lot of people crazy in the way that I do it, like you, it seems. But yeah, it's just, 
Yeah. And I think like today, especially with all the social media and everybody promoting their books and talking about their books and their processes. And the big thing now, I have a big presence on TikTok. And the big thing on there is tropes for romance novels. Mm. So, you know, everyone's like billionaire, bully, mafia, this, that. And I'm just like, I can't write specifically to one trope. So my book has, I didn't even know it had a bunch of tropes in it. I was just like, well, they have a one night stand. He's an alpha hero. He falls first. There's past trauma. Like it's sports. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff. But I think for, I guess for people like us, like if we were to sit down and say, we have to write to market to this, it would drive us yeah. insane. You know yeah, what I mean? I like, do it. I, I just do it. always write what I want to read, I guess. And that's something that I learned a long, long time ago. Like if you, if you don't see something out there that you want to read, write it. Exactly. I was reading a ton of books where the heroine was, a, you know, more or less a wealthy white woman, like fumbling her way through these A-list spaces. And, you know, she gets the guy and this whole thing. And I thought, where's like the black woman like existing in these spaces? Because we exist, like, obviously, right. like, I'm working in these places. Where's that? Where's that story? Where's the story where the black woman, her backstory is not like rooted in all this trauma and stuff. And she's not a sidekick. And she's just as prosperous as like anybody else. So <clears throat> that um, is the perspective uh, is the perspective that I write from. And I literally am writing it because I still don't see it or don't see it to the extent that that I feel like I should see it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, you know. even the stories that I write, you know, most of the characters in these, in the romance novels that I've been reading, they're in their early twenties. I am not in my early twenties anymore. I remember my early twenties. I was not doing half of the shit that these characters do. Like I, I think I was a little more worldly than they are. So mm -hmm. the characters in my books now they're in their mid to late thirties mm -hmm. just to kind of give them, get them out of that. I just got out of college mode. Like they're in life. Right. They're doing stuff. Like stuff is happening to them and they're right. reacting to it and trying to live through it. And, you know, and I just think there's not a lot of that out there either. All the characters are in their twenties. You've got to be in your twenties. You got to be cute. You've got to be naive. You have to be this. You have to be that. No, 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 no. Yeah. You can be worldly. You can be older. You can, you know, my main character in the keeper Victoria, she possesses her sexuality. She does what she wants to do. She has no fear. Like mm -hmm. there's not a lot of stories out there where the girl wants what she wants and goes after it. She's got to be the demure one. She's got to be saved. She's got to be rescued. She's got to be this. She's got to be that. Yeah. No, she doesn't. She's a 35 year old woman. She knows what she wants. Right. You know? So. Right. Plus one girl, plus one to all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's he going to say? Okay. So. Yeah, we don't have rituals. No. <laughs> <That's my next laughs> <question>. <laughs> Could you tell me what you're reading right now? You don't have to say if it's anything you're inspired by, but um, I am currently reading right now because I said because as I said before, like I'm on TikTok all the time seeing yeah. things. I keep seeing certain books pop up. So one of the popular series that everyone's been talking about is the Twisted series by Anna Huang. Mm -hmm. So I had there's four of them. I picked them up. I've read the first two. Um, Twisted Love and Twisted Games. I'm currently almost finished with Twisted Hate. They're good. I mean, they're interesting. I find it fun because I think her writing style is very similar to mine, or I guess mm -hmm. maybe mine is similar to hers. I've never read her stuff before this, so I don't know. But um, I'm enjoying them. I mean, you know, it's not War and Peace. It's just a fun romance novels, and yeah, I'm, I'm getting a kick out of it. And if I'm not reading those, I usually go to my standby Stephen King. I do love a Ooh. good horror novel. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's where we differ. I could not. 
No, I don't. Oh even my god, think the I first book I ever read was probably The Exorcist. My parents oh my had it on their bookshelf when I was a kid, and I was like, "What's this?" And I read it. Ooh, and it was the fantastic. only thing of his I've ever read is um, on writing. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the one I haven't read. <laughs> I yeah. haven't read that one. <laughs> no. Oh well, you wouldn't find that in my house. No offense to Stephen King. I just I couldn't sleep <laughs> at night if I read that. Yeah, he read some scary stuff, and I grew up in a small town, so a lot of his books I was like, "Damn, that could be my town." But it's fun. <laughs> and you still have a day job, if I understand that correctly? Yeah. No, I Ooh. don't. I left my day job. I used I used to write. Um, like I said, I used to be when we were talking before. I used to be a TV news writer slash producer slash web producer. And I did that for 15 years-ish, mm-hmm. give or take. And um, it was 2021 when I finally hit my burnout point. And I was like, you know what? I am tired of writing death, destruction, pandemic, this, that, and the other. Yeah, I want to write my books. Like, I want to really focus on my book because The Keeper, I got the idea for that when I was at the Super Bowl in 2019. I was Mm -hmm. like, I got to write this. I got to write this book and I got to write it now. And then it wasn't until this year that it finally came out. And it bothered me that my day job was sucking the creative life out of me. Because after spending an entire day in a newsroom writing about really sad, depressing, you know, infuriating, or even some fun things here and there, like, I'd get home at night and I would just kind of like vent to my husband for an hour, poor thing about my day and then I just wanted to not not think about anything anymore so I left and it was risky because I don't have a job now like I'm solely focusing on writing and I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get this thing rolling that's why I'm going to do a six book series because I'm like this this is it now like this is going to be my career until I can't move my hands anymore or well, good for stops. you, girl. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Like, that takes a lot of courage and balls. Oof. Yeah, it so. was scary. It was scary to leave. I felt bad leaving. They're like, can we call you back if we need you? I was like, only if aliens land on the planet. And even then, maybe not. So, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, bravo. Well, thanks. You're it was scary. It yeah. was scary. It yeah. still is scary. Well, you know. nothing will ever not be scary. I think, yeah. you know, like even when you reach your um, a, a really big writing career, there's going to be something else that, that scares you. So, well, the, the thing is, like, I'm afraid to, to succeed at it because like you see these people, you see authors and other writers and creatives succeed. And then you, you know, you kind of get lost in all the criticism of what they're doing. You, that mm. is like the main focus. And I mean, I can take criticism that doesn't bother me. I've gotten mm-hmm. bad reviews, like whatever. My stuff isn't for everybody. But the the thought of that scale of success terrifies me. And I have, I, as you may too, I have imposter syndrome. So I mm-hmm. sometimes feel as though I shouldn't even be doing this anyway, because who am I? So that never will, think that I know, I know, I don't. There are times when I do. Like there are times when I sit back and I'm just like, what am I doing? And I think that's why I got derailed after my first three books came out. I just had wicked imposter syndrome. I was like, what am I doing? But I think I've got a handle on that now. So we're going full steam. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah you are. Girl. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> got this. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about uh some of the highs and some of the lows that you experience kind of building um, out your career as a writer? 
I mean, I guess like the first high was being signed by a publisher as somebody who'd never written a book before. You know, I mean, I don't want to come off sounding like, oh, I knew it was going to happen. But like, I was so confident in the story that I wrote. I knew somebody Mm -hmm. would like it enough to sign me. Mm -hmm. And then it happened. And I was super excited. And that was a that was a high for me. I think the low came when people that I that I had met throughout the process and who I'd become friendly with mm-hmm. started treating me different. It was almost like a jealousy thing came in. Mm. And I kind of felt um, isolated because I they weren't giving me the same not attention, but like we weren't vibing the same way that we used to. Like there was a feeling of Mm. jealousy. There was a feeling of, you know, who is this girl? She came out of nowhere and she's got a book deal or or a three book deal. And I've been trying this for 20 years and I still don't have anything. And I felt a lot of resentment coming my way. So that was a low point Mm. for me. And it really messed with my head. I was like, well, maybe I don't deserve this. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. You know, like kind of all the the negative things that you kind of push aside when you're doing something that crept in. And I was just like, well, great. So maybe I'm not going to write another book after this. And, and I didn't. I, I After I published my third book, I think it was 2015, I, I just released another one this year. Like, that's how long it took me to mm. kind of get that belief again that I could do it. And it didn't matter what these so-called, you know, peers of mine thought. Like, I had to kind of get past that. So that was that was a pretty low point, I would say. That is a byproduct of reaching any kind of success, you know. Yeah. Our success is, isn't owed to anybody else. And however people interpret it, that's on them. You know, a bit about what we were talking about before we jumped on. Um, doing anything creative, especially something like this, is there's it's so much hard work and sacrifice that even though you got your deal like right out of the gate and that is rare and good for you, it still doesn't mean that it came easy that like that you actually sitting down and being disciplined enough to write the story was easy. You still were juggling your job, like had your responsibilities of life, but you know, you, you focused and you got it done. It's so you know, I'm glad that, that you're over that now and that you just keep on plowing ahead because naysayers can nay all they want. Right. I mean, don't sit there and complain about what I'm doing. Do it yourself. You know, don't sit there and be like, oh my gosh, she did this, she did that. How did she get that? Well, I worked. So now it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's not that hard. Yes. Just do it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because you're not doing anything nobody else can't do. Exactly. So. I mean, you want to write a book? Do- write a book. Like... <laughs> Don't complain that I'm doing it. No, she got signed. All right, fine, great. You do it too if you want it. Girl, high five. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what would you what what advice do you have for other creative writers who are trying to find their way? Um, ooh, my advice is always so terrible. I guess like like I just said, if you if you want to do something, if you want to create something, create it. If you're not seeing something that you wish was out there, whether it's a song, a book, a poem, a painting, whatever it is, a TV show, a movie, like, write it, create it yourself. Like, somebody has to. And if 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 it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. But right. if you're the one that's going to do it, you have to do it. Nobody has your voice. Nobody has your idea. Nobody has your talent. 
just right. do. So right. that's my advice. Like just just kind of sh- not shut the world out, but just sit there and say, okay, I hear you, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. You right. know, it's, yeah. you know, no, nobody can stop you, but you, you're your own worst critic. You're your own worst enemy. So mm-hmm. tell yourself to sit back and do it. Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> can you tell us, please, what have been the two biggest risks you've taken in your life and how did they pay off? In my life, ew, boy, probably quitting my job to do this mm-hmm. long term. Mm-hmm. I've always, I've always had a job to fall back on. I don't have yeah. that now, so I'm gonna say that's big risk number one and big risk number two because I don't plan to find a job. Like I don't want to work anymore. Like I don't. I'm good. Like this is what I want to do. I've been doing what everybody else says I should be doing, you know, since I got exactly. out of school and now I want to do what I want to do. And so far, I mean, obviously you don't I'm, want to do it. You are doing it. Right. So. Like I'm not JK go. Rowling. Like I'm not having my books turned into series of movies or anything like that, but like I'm enjoying it. I I'm having a great time. I'm creating what I want to create and people seem to like it. So they're buying it. I've done several book signings this year and like, I've had people come up to me who read the book and wanted to gush about it. And it just like, it struck me. I was like, okay, people are actually responding to this. So I made the right choice for sure. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. you did. Good. Awesome. And last question, Lynn, where can people find your books? Oh, well, you can find my book on Amazon. It's available on Kindle Unlimited or just ebook. Um, the paperback is available anywhere paperbacks are sold. Barnes and Noble, Walmart. Target, like wherever, just search for me online. It's okay. Yeah. And we'll be sure <laughs> to put your, um, your website in, in the show notes. Yes. Since, I have all my links no on one there. And count on the way I pronounced your name to try to figure out how to spell it. <laughs> It'll be a guess as to how to spell it. It'll be random. <laughs> well, this was great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to, uh, to talk to me here and to be a guest on my podcast. Anytime. I can't this wait to, um, to see you. I'm going to ping you after this and we're going to make a plan. Together. Yes. We'll go to Dunkin' Donuts because that seems to be, you know, where you live. So we'll do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I could, I could use a French curler and a chocolate <laughs> glaze right now. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Lynn. Thank you. This has been so much fun. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye, everyone.